Hello, hello. Kicking off season two, we have a special episode of me, Mirati, and Rosa talking about COVID-19. It is a crazy time in the world right now, and we wanted to do a special season where we talk about what's going on with us, and then we interview some powerful women who are still being powerful in a worldwide pandemic. It's pretty amazing. We're really excited for you guys to hear what's coming up for us. So let me ask you guys, I know there's a lot going on for ourselves, but I just want to know how you guys are doing. What's going on? Where are you and how you are showing up to this environment in which we're living right now? I had a workshop with about 20 business owners, um, a lot of female founders, a lot of multicultural women, actually. And the conversation within one hour had a really incredible shift because it started out with people saying, my business is over, or I had to close down my bakery, or I had to completely reinvent myself. And a lot of people started out in misery. Mm. And honestly, as a facilitator, I, I was shocked to hear so much negative in about three minutes. But then the more people shared, the more they said, but you know what? Now is the time that I've come to realize I never want to do what I did again in the way that I did it. I had 20 years in a business where I didn't see my family. I didn't enjoy the house that I lived in. I never decorated my house. Just basic things that because of this pandemic, they're able to enjoy people and enjoy their families and their homes. And they don't want to leave going back to the same thing. And I was really inspired hearing their stories about this time being a time of real hardship, but also a time to appreciate what they do have. They don't want to go back to the hustle. Hmm. And now they're forced to enjoy their lives. (laughs) I mean, you know, I say enjoy with quotation marks. Forced to enjoy your lives, right? It's just eye-opening, right? How we spend most of our lives pursuing those things that make us happy And in reality, none of those things really fulfill us. They end up taking so much of our time that we forget what really matters. It's those friendships, right? Those family members, even time with the pets. Hmm. Um, Like I actually get to play with the dog now, right? I think she knows who I am now. So I I thought that was powerful, Alisa. There's definitely a lot of hardship around us. We're really blessed, but, you know, I have friends and family in the front line as nurses or, you know, working in the factories or in the supermarkets. So you think about what they're going through and what their families are going through. And for me, what keeps me going is I look at it like this. I am covered by the blood of the lamb. So I'm good. So fear doesn't attack me. However, it opens up my heart even more to feel for my family and friends who are out there. And I'm finding that I'm starting to speak to people more about it, but I'm trying to figure out how I can also help and how to be helpful in not just with my family, but also the community. So 
not having fear, uh, again, like I mentioned, I just feel that I'm covered by the blood of Christ, doesn't mean that you don't follow the laws of the land. We do, right? I take all the precautions because you're supposed to, right? You got to have wisdom. But it makes me really sit back and look at the suffering around us. And it makes me think how blessed I am. And I have to, I need to do something for those communities and for those people who are faced to go to the front line every day. I, I mean, those yeah. family members that are that are being impacted day in and day out. Hmm. And you're in Texas, Merari, right? Yes, I am. Most of my family is in New Jersey and New York, and we have some in Puerto Rico. So they're all over uh, in Florida. But my brothers are in New Jersey and they're out in the front line working in the factories or, you know, essential roles. And that's something that you think about every day, right? Because they have families that they have to come to each day. So it's, it's something you think about and you're like, okay, how can I help? Because it's one thing to have an essential job, but a lot of some friends and other family members, they're laid off. So how am I using those resources I'm blessed with to help them? And that's what I've been trying to focus on versus waiting for somebody else to do it. I would challenge people, whatever you have, even if it's just to listen to or have a conversation with somebody that is going through some difficult times right now, that is a way to help. That's what I've been trying to do, at least on my end. And I feel that when I'm able to help, I feel a little bit better that I did something. And actually I learned too. I'm like, okay, this is what's really happening out there because I'm not in the front line. And you can help by just being there, like virtually yes. being there. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to spend a lot of money. You can literally help by making a phone call. Absolutely. I mean, just to give the listeners an example, those that are able to contribute, just, you know, Uber Eats card, right? I send that to a few friends that I knew they were working hard in the kitchen every day because they have kids and families. They didn't even know about it. I just send it to them because in talking to them, I just knew that this could have been something to make them smile. You could do that online. They'll get an email and be able to enjoy something and not have to be in the kitchen every day. So that's just one example of some of the things that I've been doing. But to your point, it doesn't have to be monetary. It could just be having a conversation or even just venting. Because I know there's people <laughs> out there that have listened to me vent and hey, they're helping me whether they know it oh, or not. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Rosa? I was reflecting yesterday about being this the fourth week into this. And I think I was late to the party. And what I mean late to the party was really late to realize that this was going on. I happened to undergo major surgery right around the time when everybody went shelter in place. So I didn't really realize this. is. It's funny that I'm laughing about it, but I, we didn't even shop or had groceries in the house. So I was a little late to realize the gravity of the situation. And I have to tell you, I've had a lot of different emotions going through it. And I'm from Spain. So Spain has been very hardly hit. Very close friends and family have been impacted. Either they are suffering through it as we speak right now. We've had a death in the family and we continue to hear how folks are being really very challenged in the way that they're dealing with it overall. So it really breaks my heart being here, but at the same time being far away from those who I love and I appreciate and, and I having high esteem. And to be perfectly honest with you, I'm angry, I'm disappointed, 
I'm anxious. I mean, all of those things. And at the same time, I'm hopeful as well, right? I am hopeful that I think we'll come out of this in a better place that we went into it. That's I truly, truly believe that. And I think we try and maybe, maybe I'm not strong enough. This is hard. This is really hard. And I'm usually a very optimistic, very positive person. And I really am making the choice every morning. I'm making the choice for my mom who happened to also need some treatment in Spain. And I know she's alone and it was very hard. And I'm making that choice for her to show up every day when I speak to her in a, in a good mood. I'm making that choice for my sisters and for you guys and for my sisters at large, right? And that's why we're here doing this episode. But I also want to acknowledge that it sucks. It really sucks. I think it's important to acknowledge that it does suck and it is hard. I've been saying, you know, this we're going to be so good at resilience and perseverance <laughs> after this. Yes. And that doesn't that's come right. after something that's easy. Right. You know, right. you don't build these skills through an, you know, smooth time. Yeah. And also I'm very aware that I am in a very privileged position in comparison to our country right now and all those who are suffering. And the fact that I am sheltering in place the way I am allows me to enjoy my home, enjoy my family and still do my job from the house. And at the same time, I am very aware that my situation is, as Merari was pointing out, is not the situation of, I think, the vast majority of those who are around us. And exactly to what you were saying, Alisa, at the beginning, all those, all those small business owners who are suffering quite a bit. And that's why I think we need to be able to make some choices to help to what Mirari was describing earlier. And there are many, many different ways of going about helping. One of the things that the three of us have talked about before is just making choices in what media we consume. Right. And I'm not even talking about news sources. I'm talking about how other people are interpreting this pandemic and a lot of the voices out there are voices of privilege mm -hmm. um, because the people working are working. No, absolutely. And it's interesting. And I think we've talked about this before, you guys. We've talked about how a lot of people say this is the great equalizer, right? Because the virus doesn't see. And I would challenge that. I'm not sure it is the great equalizer. Uh, I think, again, and especially for those of multicultural backgrounds and less privileged contexts and situations are suffering greater than than we are. I think this is a moment where we can actually consider who are we being influenced by? Who are we listening to? What choices are we making that are maybe dictating the outcomes that we produce in the world? And this is a great moment to really do that and consume, call it media, call it friendships, call it family and friends, consume what fills you up and what really helps you inform those choices and or th that choice making and that decision moving forward. I, I think you make a good point. I think first and foremost is we have to acknowledge that people are experiencing different ways, right? yeah. mm -hmm. whether it's economic, whether it's mentally and emotionally. And there are different waves that we're going through and going through those experiences. It's okay to 
cry or be stressed or be mad is absolutely fine. It's being able to rebounce from that and recognizing that. And what's important to me is when we see these things to be able to recognize it so that we have that person that we could call out for help that could bring our spirit up, that can speak positive into our lives. Yeah, Because it's not that I don't think it's, you know, people should be afraid. It's okay. It just cannot be the driver of your life. Your every day. Yes, That's exactly. no way to live. No, absolutely not. So yes, let's recognize it. There's something that we are not used to going on around us. But right now we need to pay attention to those emotions because I think those emotions are going to be able to guide us into what you were saying, Alisa, to understand what right. are the things that I want to go back to or not go back to. Mm-hmm. But to me, to answer your question, Rosa, who do I choose to listen to? I mean, you all know I've been spiritual and I have a relationship with Jesus, but I've been choosing to spend more time trying to connect with those friends who I know are going through difficult times or that I know that are alone. And I am making an effort to bring the good news to them. Hmm. So I'm making it a point to be somebody that other people listen to. I'm trying to do that versus listening to others in the media. I actually, to tell you the truth, I don't listen to the news unless what my (laughs) mom and dad tell me. (laughs) My mom sends me text messages of like screenshots of the news to make sure I'm getting the high points. (laughs) The highlights. Exactly. So, So I do stay updated with the news because of the type of work we do. We know what's going on out there. We know how bad it is, but I deal with the facts And at the same time, I also decide to, I know the facts, let me move on and do other things and input other things into my mind versus just all the bad stuff that happened. Because it's not that it's negative stuff. It's just bad. That's the reality, right? So let me deal with reality, but not overflow myself with reality. And let me not let reality be the one who's going to you know, point me to tomorrow. I need to be able to have a balance. And that's what I've been trying to do. Be a voice of hope for somebody else, but also listen to the reality around us because we can't just be like, oh, everything is great. No, it's not great. Not for many, but we can definitely bring that hope that many need. Do you know, I tell you what I am doing, and I know you guys are going to laugh because I've mentioned this before. (laughs) We love you, Rosa. We won't won't laugh at you. (laughs) Because I know everybody's connecting, right? It's like all of a sudden we've discovered that we can connect to people. We can talk and we can pick up the phone and have conversations, right? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? So here's what I am doing. I'm actually being very choosy as to who I allow to enter into my life at this moment in time. So by that, I guess what I don't mean that you have to be mean or that I'm being mean to people, right? No, I don't mean that. By that, what I mean is in the same way that we want to give, at the same time, I think we need to be cognizant upon the fact that the person that might want to hear from us may not want to hear from us and the other way around. So that's why I'm, I'm saying in terms of I'm being purposeful in terms of who do I pick up the phone from? And, you know, those friends that I had 
25 years ago or, you know, the ex-boyfriend that all of a sudden is popping up. Yeah, I've had a lot of friends right? get ex calls. I'm like, <laughs> no, I didn't want to talk to you then. I don't want to talk to you now. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to give you this analogy, which is, in fact, my mother used to talk a lot about this in terms of friendships and connections. It's like books in a bookshelf. There's only so much room in that bookshelf. And therefore, you you need to make sure that if you like some of those books and you like the books that you have on the shelf, you need to check and, you know, open them up and make sure that they're still the ones that relevant, relevant <laughs> and the ones that you still enjoy having a good time with, right? And those that you're looking at and you go like, gosh, I haven't read that book in a long, long time. It hasn't given me the joy that I thought it did. That, you know, that you take it out and you make room for newer friends. Because I think that is what I'm trying to do right now. I'm just trying to also look at that bookshelf and, and not necessarily allow everybody who's, as I said, all of a sudden realize that we have telephones and that we can call each other, right? That I am like really purposeful in terms of who I allow back into my life, if I need to allow anybody back into my life, but also who am I opening my life to at this moment in time? Yeah, I think you're referring to self-preservation, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't afford to have influences and people in our lives that aren't lifting us up or supporting us. If they drain us, there's a difference between giving and, you know, all of that. But there is an aspect of protection that I think women don't always do Mm -hmm. because they feel selfish. Right. Mm -hmm. And there is a balance of making sure you're still taking care of yourself with the people you're surrounding yourselves with. Right. I can't remember where I heard this, but it said it's relationship management, right? You want to be around people that are going to take you to the next positive level. And at the same time, treating everybody right doesn't mean you treat everybody the same. Hmm. So just because I treat you right doesn't mean I'm going to bring you into my inner circle while I'm in my highs or I'm in my lows. So being so careful about how we're managing those relationships is it's important. I'm not judging you, but I know where I need to put you in this moment, right? At this moment, you're not going to be somebody that's going to come into my life and lift me up. And right now I need somebody to lift me up. Mm-hmm. Right. So being able to manage those relationships that way, and that resonated with me. And I can't remember where I heard it, but Treating everybody right doesn't mean you treat everybody the same. And that comes whether it's friendships or even family members. If right now what I need is positiveness because of everything (laughs) that's going on, because the world is falling all around us, I got to be able to manage those relationships for my mental health, for, you know, just for my own joy, because other people come into your life and they can steal that joy from you. And we got to decide who we allow in and who we don't. Yeah, I had a friend that told me that I was one of the only positive people she followed on social media. And I said, oh, my gosh, who are you following? Because, (laughs) like, that's a bad thing. I should not be the only one (laughs) there. This is a time to think about who you're letting in in a lot of aspects. 
And you might have a big shelf or a small <laughs> shelf. I think it's awesome, Rosa, to be choosy and picky. And that's self-respect and like keeping your own dignity. I think it's interesting you say self-respect, but I also think it's self-care, right? We talk so much about yes. self-care. Um, when we think about self-care many times, particularly us women, we think, oh, we go to the spa, we'll get our nails done. It's like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Is What about your mental health? What about your mm -hmm. mental, emotional um, health and self-care? And how are we managing through that? And who do you need to, you know, reach out to, to really to have that check-in with yourself and make sure that you're not going off the rails because all of a sudden you feel that you are the one who has the world on her shoulders. You need to feel great with yourself before you actually start lending a hand to others around you. And I always remember many years ago when I happened to go to therapy, I was told, you know, when you're on an airplane, they always tell you, put your mask on first before you can even put it on your own child. Because if you are not able to breathe for yourself, there's no way you're going to be able to help the one who you have next to you. And I really believe it's fundamental that we carve time for ourselves and for what we need mental peace, it doesn't have a price, right? Mm. So our emotions are our messengers and we have to listen to those messengers. Don't judge, but also don't ignore. In this time, I realized the power of receiving. Uh, last week, I think I coached 30 new people that I'd never met. They were like popping up in my calendar and I that was just my way of giving back. And I started getting snappy and had a bad attitude towards other people in my life. And I realized Not I was you. On, I know. <laughs> the most positive person <laughs> on social media. I know. <laughs> I'm falling apart, guys. No, I was just like, I texted a friend and I said, I just need a vent. I'm so over the world. And I was angry. And my friend said, okay, I'll give you a call. Let me support you. I literally said, I don't want support. I just want a vent. And this friend basically forced me to get out all my feelings, talk things through. And I was so empty, I didn't know how to receive it. And this person had to basically force me to receive their care. And after that, I bounced back to normal. But it was difficult for me to accept that I even needed help in that moment. Right. Right. I love that. It's phone a friend or text a friend or whatever. I know I did that this week as well. I text one of my friends and I'm like, hey, I just need to talk before I even respond <laughs> to the situation yeah. that I'm going through. <laughs> and we spent over two hours on the phone. Rosa, that's the day that you asked me, did I call five people? I'm like, no, because I spent two hours with one. <laughs> but honestly, I needed the therapy and that's okay. Right. That's okay. It's okay to talk to somebody else because- Number one, they know you. They're like, ooh, that's not you, right? That's not the positive and happy person. But it's so critical because I think you said something important, Elisa, and I don't want to lose it, is that you were being the intake and you were receiving all these, you know, sad or negative things that were coming on to you, right? And you were pouring out all this positiveness and then you ran out. So now you needed to refill your cup. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that is so important because sometimes we spend our times giving, 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 and there's nothing wrong with that, but you have to fill your cup. Somebody has to call you and tell you how amazing you are, how mm -hmm. positive you are, how this too shall pass. Somebody has to feed you some positive, not things that are unrealistic, but positiveness so that you could continue to be that positive to the next person. Because I think, and this happens to 
a lot of women, right? We are known for being givers and Mm -hmm. we give, give, give. And sometimes we forget that, you know what? I need to make time to receive. Yeah. I need to make time. Yeah. Can I give you guys a quick, super quick tool to manage emotions? And I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's trap it, map it, zap it. Do you know about it? Yes. I've never heard of it. I love it already. Oh, I, I, I really like it. The trap it aspect is you feel a strong emotion coming on. Whatever it might be, you might feel anxious or there's something like raging, whatever it might be. So you feel it. And the trap it is, trap it, pause. Pause right there and engage in reflection. Like, what are you feeling? And ask yourself, what am I feeling? Once you've done that, go to map it. And map it is really identifying where that emotion is coming from. What's causing it? So I know what it is now. I trapped it. I defined it. I know what it is. That's the mapping aspect. And then you zap it. What you're doing is challenging yourself, challenging that negative thought and really just trying to get out of it. Like, okay, I got it. I'm feeling it. I know what it's coming from. Now I need to zap it and I need to tell myself, what can I do about it? And the part of the, what can I do about it might be, I need to call a friend because alone, I'm not going to be able to get out of this. Yeah, you can't address it unless you actually know what it is. Exactly, exactly. Yes, it's assessing it. It's what's going on and how realistic is it? Is it as bad as I think it is? What's the worst thing that can happen? Mm -hmm. And I think we automatically go into the worst case scenario, but then you got to go into, well, what's the best thing that can happen? Exactly. Yeah. Even if you don't think it's a possibility, you're like, let me just imagine, let me just imagine what is the best thing that can happen. And I think many of us, including me, sometimes we just get so stuck in the worst case scenario that we forget to imagine the best case scenario. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Trap it, map it, zap it. Yep. That's right. I think that's what my friend did with me, made me trap it, like seriously forced me to feel the feelings, then mapped it. Where are these feelings coming from? And now what are we going to do with it? Yes. And either you realize it is a big deal and wow, this needs to be addressed or you realize it was nothing and you can zap it really fast. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I love that. What are you guys doing that you weren't doing before this came on? I mean, is there something new that you've started or? I started eating more luxurious foods, (laughs) like I was telling you guys. (laughs) Okay, so I never ate rice before because I thought it was like so high carb. And then I bought it to stock up and I love rice. I never knew how much I loved rice. (laughs) We eat rice every day here. (laughs) Yeah, rice. And then as I was telling you guys earlier, half and half in my coffee, I usually drink it black, but I'll put sugar and cream now. Although I will be switching to whole milk. Okay, good. Thank you, Rose. Good. That good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I love how rice becomes luxurious for you. <laughs> when you say that, I feel like, oh, what is she going to say? <laughs> it's rice. <laughs> rice. It was like a quote unquote bad food, like too carby. And so I, for years, like just avoided rice. And now I'm like, you know what? I'm going to eat this rice and it's good. (laughs) You got to try my Puerto Rican beans. You'll love it with rice. That's what we eat every day. My kids eat that every day. I want that. (laughs) For me, definitely two things. Cooking, because all the people that know me, including my husband, knows that I don't like to cook. 
So that has been new. And my kids, it's so cute. They're like, mom, you are the best cook in the world. And I'm just like, oh my God, all I do is make them rice and beans every day. But <laughs> they love it. <laughs> they don't even eat the actual beans. They just eat like, you know, the gravy of it, but they love it. So just to hear them say that is cute. And then honestly, and it's not that I didn't spend time with my kids and, and my husband before, but I feel is more quality time. Like it's not like we're just home dinner and hey, did you do this? Did you do that? It's like we're laughing, we're playing. The kids see me and my husband playing and laughing, and you know he's lifting me up in the air, and the kids are like, "Oh my god, mom and dad!" They didn't see that before, Aww. and not because we don't love each other, but because we're so busy just trying to get the days done. And I think it was yesterday before yesterday, I was like, oh my God, like the kids are really, really loving this. And as we talk about, we want to create a different society. It's like, how are my kids going to know what love really is if they don't see mom and dad show it? So I've been even more intentionally now not trying to cook, but no, um, actually <laughs> trying to do that because it, it is beautiful. It makes me happy. And I know, and you should see their faces. It's just so powerful. But those would be the two things. I'm cooking and that's a lot for me. And um, just spending more like natural time with the family. No, that's awesome. I guess I'm not as profound as you guys are. You always are much more profound <laughs> than me. Wait, you told us you bought 50 pounds of flour. Well, yes. I, I, I don't think that's right. Norm. Yes, 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 we did. We did buy 50 pounds of flour because while you're eating a lot of rice, we're eating a lot of bread. So we've got gone back <laughs> to making bread from scratch only to realize, as I said at the beginning, we came into this really late and we didn't have any flour. So I managed to find Emil up in Minnesota who delivered literally 50 pounds of flour at my door yesterday, which was, we, we all got so excited. <laughs> we got so much flour. <laughs> But also, I think like you, Mirari, spending more quality time with family. So I do a lot yes. of uh, FaceTime with my European family and I'm doing things that we never did before, like really good friends that we have on the shelf. That, <laughs> uh, but just we have a recurrent virtual dinner online where they have their own dinner and we have our own dinner and we sit at the table and their kids and our kid and uh, we just enjoy a couple of hours just you know, chatting. I really, really enjoy that. Just finding the time to enjoy the slow. It's something that is coming back for us. And also my brother-in-law is Italian. He's from Northern Italy. And we had the pleasure to visit with them in Italy this last Christmas. And I started to learn Italian because I wanted to be able to speak to his mom and dad. And I was so bad, of course, like, you know, you think you take like a quick course and then you know how to speak, but you don't. But I'm doing that right now. I want to be able to have conversational Italian by the end of the year. Let's see if we go there. You're talking about that not being motivational? That's awesome. <laughs> I know. All I said was I eat more rice. <laughs> no, but you guys, what it's amazing about also being in the digital age that everything comes to you if you want it to come to you, right? So you can download any of those online teachers to teach you anything you want. There's a lot of free courses out there. I signed up for a Yale course on the science oh of my. happiness and there's another one, but I haven't done it. I just thought like, yeah. this is what I'll do. I was like, you would sign up for something like that. That's just <laughs> awesome. 
I was like, oh, I'll take this Yale course. But then I'm like, Netflix is my BFF right now. And I think that's okay, right? I think that's okay. I think there's a time for everything. You know, that's a time to think about, hey, what's the vision? And there's a time to be like, you know what? There's just too much going on. I don't, I don't want to do anything right now. And that should be okay too. I think it's just being mindful that you don't stay stuck there. And if I had to give any advice to the listeners is don't ignore the feelings, but don't stay stuck in them either, right? Because there's one thing about being able to be sad and cry. And and there's another thing about making sure that you realize the joy that it is just to wake up every day and breathe. I know some people uh, may be going through depression and they may think that there's nothing to live for out there, but there is somebody out there that wishes that they had what you had at that moment or that wishes to be able to walk or speak or even feel. So just even imagining those small things, if we have nothing to be thankful for, be thankful that you are even listening to this podcast today. We need to recognize what's going on. I I don't want people to come across like, oh, we just happily here (laughs) ever after. No, we have to recognize it, but we cannot let that govern our lives. That's not what we were made to do. We were not made to suffer. We were made to be happy and enjoy, you know, our lives, even in the midst of chaos. So I would hope that our listeners can find today that one glimmer of hope of that sunshine or something out there. And if it's raining, you know, that fresh water that's coming down (laughs) just to be able to smile again. And I'm hoping that there is some light of hope that can bring you because I don't want people to ignore their feelings. I want them to recognize them and I want them to be able to trap it, map it, zap it. Trap it, map it, it, and zap it. it. Yeah. Trap it, map it, and zap it. I'm taking that home with me. Of course. Welcome to Color Forward, a podcast highlighting successful women who have overcome cultural adversity and mastered the art of resilience. For more inspiring stories, please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a guest you'd love to hear on the show, send us a DM on Instagram at colorforwardpod. I'm Elisa Monjadis, producer of Color Forward. Thanks for joining us, and please leave us a review.